I was very good at taking care of other people. And my joy came from mostly seeing other people taken care of. But I realized through this journey of healing that God says, you know what? You hide your heart a lot, Bonnie. And I know it's easier for you to hide your heart and get things done and focus on what you can do to meet other people's expectations. But I actually care about you. How you feel matters. Hi, everyone. I'm Annika, and this is the Tried and Truth Podcast. episode of the Tried and Truth Podcast. So glad you're here. And if you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. If you have found yourself just feeling overwhelmed, stressed out, or just running on empty all the time, Soul Care Mentor Bonnie Gray is here today to help you transform life's chaos into calm. She's sharing more on her latest book, Breathe, and practical tips on how we can all enter into a space of rest and prepare ourselves to face life's challenges with renewed well-being, confidence, energy, and gratitude. So if you've struggled with these seasons of anxiety or overwhelm, you're definitely not alone. Bonnie understands what you're going through, and she's here to share some amazing insights and truth with you. We're talking about why soul care and self-care both matter, and I hope that you will walk away today more encouraged to do a little more of both of these in your life this week. Bonnie Gray, thank you for being here. So excited to talk to you today. We're just thrilled that you're here with us today. Thank you. Amnika, I told you when we Right before we started, I said we would be fast friends if you were here in the Bay Area. I could just tell just chatting <laughs> together. We're just like having such a great time. We're like, wait, let's hit record. Yes. Well, so, so thrilled that you're here. Yes. I knew we would be fast friends too. When I saw that you talked about walks and coffee and flowers, all the things that I do for my own life. <laughs> so that's when I knew we were going to be fast friends was when I read those are some, some of your things. Those are my jam too. So can't wait to dive deeper into that. But before we do... Tell us a little bit about you, what you do, where you are, all those fun things. Okay. Well, I am a mom. I have two boys. They're teenagers now, Josh and Caleb. I named them after the two spies that went into the promised land because I wanted to remind myself I'm starting a new story. I grew up in a broken home. My father left when I was seven. And so I was the oldest and typical, responsible, take care of everybody and make sure everybody's doing okay. That's how I grew up. And God gave me a natural personality that's more prone to be cheerful and optimistic. And that's why it was a shock to me when I started having anxiety and panic attacks when I became a new mom. And so I did not know that I would be writing this book, (laughs) you know, 13 years later, breathe. 21 days to stress less and transform chaos to calm. Trust me, Amnika, when I tell you I would not have wanted to write this book because I wouldn't want to, to have lived through anxiety and depression and, you know, these really hard things. And yet God says, Bonnie, you are worth the rest. You're worthy of choosing joy and you're worthy of peace. And they sound really good. We know as women of faith that those things are very important that, you know, God gives us peace. God gives us joy, but I didn't ever really live it. Meaning I knew it in my mind, but I didn't experience it. I was very good at taking care of other people. And my joy came from mostly seeing other people taken care of. But I realized through this journey of healing that God says, you know what? You hide your heart a lot, Bonnie. 
And I know it's easier for you to hide your heart and get things done and just focus on what you can do to meet other people's expectations. But I actually care about you, how you feel matters and how you put apart, put aside your dreams, you put aside, you know, your, your true self. I realize that our bodies have been designed to not allow us to do that. And what I mean by that is we can say we're doing fine, <laughs> but our bodies let us know you need more love and care. You need more attention. You need to let go of this burden you've been carrying, but you're afraid to let go of because of maybe what somebody might say or think or react. So I'm here today when you say, hey, tell me something about yourself. I would have preferred to only talk about flowers and <laughs> preferred to only talk about, you know, I go for walks, but I'm going to share today why those things are important to me yeah. and why those things are not just self-care, but they're part of soul care. They're part of how God wants me to experience life, not just to watch other people experiencing joy and just to be happy for them. But God cares that each woman can feel and experience that joy and peace. That's so good. I was just talking to someone last night about, um, talking about Enneagram. I'm, I'm good. I think it's right. A two is the helper. I think forgive me all of you Enneagram experts who are listening if this is wrong, but I believe Enneagram two is the helper. And we were talking about people who are helpers, people who are helpers or people who are a loyalist, both things that are very high for me on the Enneagram. Um, but people that have that trait or that gift, exactly what you were just talking about. We thrive when we feel like somebody else's needs were met. We thrive when we feel like people um, were helped or they know that we're there for them or they are taken care of or they are secure. But what you're saying is I think something that is so important for everyone who's listening is that our body gives us these signals, this anxiety, this feeling that something is not right. And that is because we care so, so much about everybody else. And we are we're pouring out of an empty container. And it is, is so important to remember what you just said, which is that we are cared for too. And letting that be the place that we care for others from is so beautiful. I love that you shared that. And I also love that you shared this reality of anxiety, because I don't think we talk about that reality enough. And my whole life, I've been one of those people that just says, I thrive on chaos. I love when things are busy. I love when so many things are going on. And then when we had our second kid, I will never forget, we're in Colorado. We're in a brand new place. We moved there when I was nine months pregnant. We have our second kid. And a month after he's born, I've got a toddler and this newborn, and we know nobody. We have no family there. And I have never experienced the kind of anxiety that I had. And I kept trying to figure out how can mm. I do this by myself? I can fix this. I can do this. I can take care of this. I'm okay. Mm. I'm okay. I'm okay. Yes. Until I wasn't okay. I wasn't okay. And mm. I think it's not suppressing those signals that our body tells us you're not okay. You're, you're caring for others and caring for others and caring for others. And you're not okay. And leaning into those things and mm. saying those are opportunities is to refresh and restore. Mm. So I am so excited about this conversation because I know that's all we're going to talk about today. And I, yeah, so let's, let's just, let's dive in. So let's talk about breathe and what it's all about and why you wrote it and why we all need its message. Well, you know, it's interesting. You said after having that second baby, mm -hmm. that was for me too. 
it was after the second baby and it wasn't the first one. So one thing to really, really get off the bat on and to just help everybody just breathe now and even exhale is knowing what I learned, which I did not know. Because when I started having that anxiety, um, you are in the helper, right? And I am the enthusiast. That's Enneagram number seven. And so both of us, that is part of what we call the spiritual gifts that we carry. And so we're not saying those things are bad. That's natural. When we operate in our natural spiritual gift mode, we do light up. But soul care is about nurturing the person within us so that we can light up. Now, Jesus says, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul. The heart in scripture is where we serve from. That's the faithful, loyal part where we're committed to serve God, our devotion. So that's the part where we talked about whether you're a helper or enthusiast or any of the Enneagram, that's really spotlighting the gifts we have each been given. But then there's loving the Lord God with our mind. And so that's kind of the Bible study girl in each of us. We want to know the truth and that's important, but we forget. And I, I know for me, it's almost like that third word soul, loving God with our soul was not even there. <laughs> I just kind of skipped over that word. What does that mean? So soul care is another aspect so that we can keep lighting up and serving others. We need to replenish. I loved how you said it. We can't pour out of empty. When you uh, get on a plane, I was sharing with you, Annika, that I, I, I flew to Texas recently. I was on the Jamie Ivey show and um, it's been a long time since the pandemic, since I've flown, but we're always reminded, put your oxygen mask on first and then we can help others. So the soul care, what that's what breathe is about. It's, you know, like a flower. We would never yank a bouquet of flowers out of a vase and throw it on the ground. We want to keep replenishing. And when we see the water's running low, we want to refill it, right? But we do the opposite as women of faith. It seems like the more we serve or the more we're, you know, the demand is there, whether we're, you know, having to take care of our kids or maybe our spouse is going through a hard time with their job, or maybe uh, we have a mom or family member we have to take care of, I, or your job, your job's just demanding. I don't know what it is, listeners, that you're facing, but it's almost like the more demands there are on us, the less we refill our tank. The, the things that give us joy and give us peace, those things just fall off our list. And so breathe is 21 days. 21 different ideas, <laughs> 21 different ways to release our stress and then refresh our soul. We have to add rhythms in our day, add rhythms in our week in order to replenish what we give out. So it's not selfish. Okay. I'm a soul care coach now, having now walked the journey of healing. I'm on the <laughs> other side. <laughs> So I'm a soul care coach. And this is the first thing women always talk about. Oh, Bonnie, it sounds so good, but I just feel guilty. It's like, isn't, I just feel like it's selfish. It's, it, I can't do it. It's too hard, Bonnie. Uh, you know, like, how do I get over that feeling? And so I just want to say that soul care originates from Jesus, our loving shepherd. He says, come to me, those who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your soul. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Jesus doesn't say, come to me cheerful, come to me ready to help others, come to me ready with a plan. No, it's the opposite. 
we're to come to him in our weary and our burdened. Why does he say that? It's because he knows we carry these worries and burdens every day. That's why we're needing to do something every day, a rhythm every day. And they're small, simple rhythms. I never learned this before, Amnika, because I was that you know, cheerful giver and helper and serving. I didn't know about soul care. So I just thought whenever I feel down, I just say, okay, let me just focus on, you know, what I need to get done. Uh, or second, okay, let me just focus on this ministry or third. Hey, let me just focus on the kids. You know, don't focus on myself. You know, that is kind of what we've been taught in a way is ignore how you feel, just go get it done. But actually when we look at scripture and there's 21 main scriptures, those are myths myths. And I give a rhythm as to what you can do. And every rhythm is only about 10, 15 minutes. Cause that's what I had to do. When you have anxiety, you're so exhausted. You can't even like think. And so I had to learn just simple ways, but they do help us. And so one thing I want everyone to do <laughs> after you listen to this podcast to Amnika and me, I want you to take a soul care quiz. When you go to soulcarequiz.com soulcarequiz.com because I want you to see which area of wellness you are missing the most. Sometimes when we're so busy and numb from joy, we don't even know what we're missing. We just know we're stressed. And that is a very overwhelming, helpless feeling because you just don't even know where to start. But if you know what your top need is, you can just make it simpler. Just, just focus on that one thing. So I'm going to, I'm going to do a little soul care coaching right now. I'm going to ask you which area of wellness do you feel you're missing the most? Okay. I'm going to list them and listeners, as you're hearing me list them, I want you to ask yourself which area you're missing the most. Okay. Amnika, is it emotional wellness, spiritual wellness, physical wellness, or social wellness that you feel you're missing the most right now, this season of your life. Physical wellness. Okay. Tell us about that. I think physical wellness to me is taking a walk. I think those are important things to me, getting outside, doing yoga. I was just telling someone the other day that um, I'm kind of in a season of, of transition just professionally in a lot of things in my life right now. And that's created some change. Every change is, can be really, change can be really good, but I think, you know, you can only bring in so many things and you have to get rid of other things to create space for that. And Yoga has been really important for me and it has taught me how to breathe and it has taught me to give an hour of my time to something that doesn't necessarily have an outcome. And that can be really hard and yet really good. It's those good, hard kind of things. And I just haven't had a chance to go do either of those things lately. And just that rhythm of um, physical wellness is really important to me. I care about what I eat. I care about um, what's in my food. I care about just taking care of my physical well-being, And that's just an area right now that hands down, no, it has a little red flag sticking out of it right now. I think that's great. I love that you're very aware. You know, that's really the first step of wellness and in breathing. The reason why breathing is so important, that breath work is very important is because when we live out of our left brain, the left brain is where we problem solve. Left brain is where we solve problems and we take care of business, you know, whether it's, you know, figuring out what we're going to do in our schedule, how to get kids, you know, to soccer, how to put in our doctor's appointments. It's the left brain. And so as women, modern women, we are very, very good at 
focusing on our smarts, our intelligence, and juggling things and multitasking. But studies show the left brain is where anxiety gets triggered. I'm going to say that again. The left brain, every time you are using your smarts, that's your left brain, it triggers anxiety because it releases cortisol. Now that's a good superpower when you do need to hyper-focus, you do need to solve problems. That's a God-given part of our nervous system. When it releases cortisol, it sharpens your mental focus towards that one thing only. But here's the thing, we were not created to stay in that zone. We were not created to stay in that juggling. And like you talked about, when we're in transition, this just too much, but it needs to be temporary. Okay. But when there's no release, there's no relief or release, we continue in it. Then that's when our bodies start letting us know like lights on a dashboard. Hey, your oil is low. Your gas is low, whatever else lights up. So these four areas of wellness, emotional wellness, spiritual wellness, physical wellness, and social wellness, those light up. So for, uh, you're talking about physical wellness, right? So yes, for instance, hair, my hair started falling out. That's the first thing that started happening. But I, I just kind of forgot about it. I'm like, okay, well, oh, well, you know, um, maybe later it'll be fine. You know, I just kind of ignore those signs and then more things started coming up. So some of you might be, who are listening, might be thinking, oh yeah, my eyes twitching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, I'm lying, I'm lying, I'm lying awake at bed at night. And I don't know why I can't turn off the overthinking. And I just want to, I want to talk about this because the way to turn off overthinking is not what we often hear, which is to be harsh on ourselves, to shame ourselves. Stop worrying. You know, what's your problem? You shouldn't be complaining. These are my internal voices. I don't know what yours are, but everyone has some kind of internal voice that tells you, stop worrying. What is your problem? Get, get it together. You know, like just get things done and stop worrying about yourself. Actually, like I said, it's scriptural because Jesus wants us to pause. And so breathing is a way to signal your body to relax and to be aware of whether it's something in our body, not feeling right. Our emotions are chaotic and stressful and messy. When we breathe in, inhale, when we breathe out, exhale, that actually is God's way of helping our bodies to activate the counterbalancing force, which is called rest and relaxation response. Okay. So when we breathe in and we breathe out, that helps our body to lower the cortisol and start releasing serotonin. Serotonin is the happy hormone. It's the pleasure hormone. It's the hormone that helps us to feel right, feel good, but it doesn't automatically happen. It doesn't get activated by thinking. So that is the myth is that if we think right, then we will feel better. Now, obviously we want to think the truth, remember heart, mind, and soul. So that is important, but that is just the first step. We need to then take the second step. We need to do something. We have to take action with our bodies, with our emotions to restore and activate that rest response. And I want to talk about Psalm 4610 because this is scriptural. This is what I share when first thing I share, there's 21 different things I'm going to share in the book for you. But the first thing I want to talk about right off the bat is chapter one. It's Psalm 4610. 
be still and know that I am God. This is a verse, unfortunately, that was spoken to me when I confided in somebody that I was having panic attacks, that verse initially. I was so scared. I didn't want to tell anybody because, you know, I was a Bible teacher in my church. I was a leader. I was leading women's ministries and, you know, um, you know, I was a Christian author. It's like, why would I want anybody to know I was having panic attacks? But when I finally confided in somebody, this person said, Bonnie, you must not be trusting God enough in a certain area of your life. Be still and know that God is God. And I felt so ashamed, like, oh God, what, what is it that I'm not trusting you? Why? You know, I really took it to heart, but I, I'm a good Bible study girl. <laughs> I double clicked and all of you who are listening, who love doing, you know, like word studies and click on concordances. If you go to be still, the word Rafa actually means loosen your grip. It actually means to relax. So God calls us to relax, do things that feel relaxing to you in order to do what? To know that he is God. Now that know is not the mind knowing. It's not knowledge, just to know. It actually means experience. The root word is yada. We are to do things that help us relax in order to experience God's peace. We need to take action. And every woman is different. That's why it's so vulnerable. It's vulnerable to say, you know what? I, I need to take a walk. And this, this is what really lights me up. It fills me up. I want to go to my yoga class. It's so important because this is how I experience God's peace. This is how I experience God's joy. And this is hard because we, it's hard to say to somebody, you know, what? I can't go to this meeting. Or I'm not going to participate in this or this email. That's like just, you know, screaming urgent to me. I'm going to not answer that. This person might be upset because they're not getting what they're asking me for today, but I'm going to go for that yoga class. And listener, you can fill in the blank. What is it that helps you relax? Think back even to your uh, days as a little girl. What are the things that, that, that light you up with joy and gave you peace? We need to be able to say, you know what? This is a priority because when I take time to do that thing, it can be 10 minutes that 10 minute walk you talked about, Amnica, studies show that for releasing stress, a 10 minute walk releases more stress than 45 yes, minutes. Yes, because I don't like going to the gym. So this is good news for me. Yeah, because, you know, it's good for heart health. Okay. Gym is good for heart health. But if you're talking about soul care, releasing stress, walking outside for 10 minutes, that will lower cortisol and release serotonin more than 45 minutes at the gym. That's so good. Hold on. I want to pause real quick because I don't want to miss something that you shared a little bit ago. You shared, you unpacked kind of another phrase or way of saying and kind of the root of be still. And it's so interesting that you say there was kind of this, this shaming that came when you heard those words, be still. And I think as you know, people, especially women, especially moms who are listening, who are always going, always doing you know, always on the run, the idea of being still actually gives us more anxiety because we have to stop. And so when we hear that sometimes, I think it actually creates more anxiety because it's like, well, if I stop, things aren't going to get done. And then I'm going to have more problems and more things on my to-do list. But you're saying release. This isn't inactivity. This is release. And I think that is a really important distinction for anyone who's listening, myself included in this conversation, because I can totally, totally see those reminders when someone says, you know, this is a lack of trust, just be still. It's like, well, yeah, but then what if I do nothing? Like there are things that have to happen, <laughs> So, but it's releasing, it's restoring, it's 
kind of resetting that rhythm and that pause. It's, it's not nothingness. It's this pause. And I, I love that you shed some light on, on what that truly, truly means. So thank you for sharing that. And thank you for kind of inviting us into less anxiety by truly understanding what that was intended to, to speak to our hearts. I love that you put a pause on what I was saying. This is a, you know, an example in real time. We pause, we reflect. And when we stop, we have to have something we want to move towards. Okay. It'll never work when sometimes when you always hear it's obviously, you know, in our culture, whether it's a church culture or um, secular culture, okay, we need to stop and rest. Okay. But what does that actually mean? Like what, just stop like right there. Like you said, there's so much stuff to do. I can't even hardly keep up with what I need to do. You want me to stop? Like, no, <laughs> but if you have something in there that refreshes you, that restores you, replenishes you, then when you stop, you know, you're moving towards something. So you cannot replace a bad rhythm that's stressful for you with nothingness. And God does not call us to nothingness. He calls us to relax and to experience his peace experience his rest and whether that's physical and, you know, in each of these areas, I've got like four or five, you know, top things that women struggle with in their wellness, but I don't just talk, stop there. I want to give you things so that when you do pause, you're pausing to refresh and refill. I know, I don't know if you feel this way, Amnika, but I am one of those people that wait until the light, empty light goes on. Thousand percent. Thank you. <laughs> My husband is always mystified. He's like, why do you wait until that light goes on? Bonnie, why? Why do you do that? You know, he's like, I, he always waits until like it gets, hits that like one line before. He's like, then it'll never hit empty. Okay. Cause I'm always like, oh my gosh, where's the nearest gas station? This is hilarious, <laughs> but, Bonnie. You know, this is why, this is why this is, we're just, we're soulmates here. I literally shared a story about this on social the other day. Just this, I am like a, it needs to be on empty. And then I still know I have like 30 more miles or 30 more minutes or whatever it is. And my husband is a half tank full kind of guy. Like it is half of the tank and yes, we got to find a yes. gas station. I'm like, what? Yes. No, we have. Yeah. No, I'm like, why? No, we're not stopping. <laughs> we do not need to make another interruption to the day. Like keep it moving. We do not need to fill up on half a tank. And it was so funny because we oh swap cars gosh. and I get in the, I get in his car and it's the light is on. And I thought, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. He's come to the other side. He has joined me. <laughs> yes. Join the dark side. Join the dark side of empty <laughs> takers. We wait, but it's a good analogy to life too. It's like, we don't really think about the things we need to change until it's the light is yeah. on. But it's okay. It's okay. That's what I'm saying. It's it's okay. We are always going to be the light on type of girl, Amnika. And so, but we need to stop and refresh. So the reason I brought up this metaphor is because we do go to the gas station. We know, if we, you know, we can't just be stopped on the side of the road, but emotionally speaking, emotional wellness, physical wellness, social wellness, spiritual wellness, because you know, it's inside. That's why it's called soul care. It's inside. Nobody can see it and we can't see it. So then we do end up on the side of the road emotionally. We do end oh, up on the so side good. of the road. Like, oh, I need to call a friend, you know, like I need to call AAA, you know? So, but the good news is our loving Lord Jesus never shames us. Never shames us. If you read any of Jesus' words and this is what breathed, I needed it because I just felt so ashamed on that side of the road, unable 
you know, to be my cheerful self. I mean, it's still very functional. Nobody knew, Annika. Nobody knew, but I knew when I woke up and I felt that awful feeling like, oh mm. my gosh, I feel so tired. I don't want to get out of bed. Or, you know, at night I'm lying awake. Why can't I go to sleep? Please, God. You know, it's like anguish. Yeah. Okay. Whatever that thing you're feeling, friends, you're not alone. God does see it. God cares. So that's why I needed the scripture. I needed to hear God say to me in scripture, the different ways. And the, the first one was that form 40, Psalm 4610. I was like, oh, okay. So kind of like my, um, you know, action oriented personality kicked in. God knew what I needed. Because once I knew God said, no, I, I actually want you to relax. This is actually my priority for you. And I learned that this is soul care. And out of your soul then will flow. You, you know, you know how, like when you go meet up with a friend, sometimes you don't even feel like it. You're not in the mood and you're like, oh my gosh, why did I schedule that, you know, sushi night out? I'm exhausted. I just want to stay home and, you know, binge on Netflix, you know, but then once you're out there with your friend, you're like laughing, you're oh, talking about your troubles, drinking your troubles away with the green tea. <laughs> then you come back and you're like driving back. You're like, oh my gosh, that was so good. I needed that. And you come back and you're like a different person. You know, your kids, you know, haven't done their laundry. You're like, oh, it's okay. Just do it tomorrow. You know, yes. you're like, oh, give your husband a big hug. You know, it's because your soul has been nourished. So sisters, don't be hard on yourself. You know, when you replay all those like things, you might say, you know what? I, I just messed up. Like, what's wrong with me? I want you to replace it with the loving words of affirmation from God. And that's why I had to breathe in God's word and exhale my stress. And so getting back to breath work, why it's breathe is because I just saw everywhere in our culture when I was having anxiety, it's like, well, how do I solve this? And so I couldn't find a book that could help me because books fell in two categories. One was either secular, which is like bubble bath type self-care. I'm like, okay, that, that, that just doesn't speak to me. It doesn't help me. And, and there's nothing wrong with them, you know, for some women that just, that's just wonderful. They're jam, you know, for me, it just, I was having panic attacks. Like this is not helping. But, um, then there is the other category of what we might call quote unquote spiritual books, but they were just spiritual toxicity. Hmm. Okay. They just kind of made me feel like, criticized, made me feel judged for experiencing mental health issues. And actually, once I started studying scripture, I, um, breath work was so important, secular culture. So I said, you know, what does God have to say about this? And so I found there were over 1000 references to the word breathe. Wow. And breath 1000 over 1000. And so like, I just started like categorizing categorizing, okay, is there any kind of category or like, you know, logical grouping of all these different references? And I was so excited because it fell into these four areas of wellness. And so that's what started this whole journey. And it was a new journey. It, it, it's like over 10 years of healing from anxiety, panic attacks. Um, and one thing I found out was um, breath prayers. It's just, this is a traditional classic practice, spiritual practice of, of breath prayers of meditation. And so I go, Oh my gosh, this all originates from God. He is the originator of breath work. So 
I, I share 21 different breath prayers and they help us to pause and we do different type of breathing exercises. But as women of faith, we add God's promises. We add his word. And so one of my favorites is first Peter five, seven, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. So we're going to just practice it now as you're listening wherever you're at, you can be driving. And I teach this to my kids, my teens, they do it right before they take a test or whatever is happening. And we would, you know, put in their, their verse, their verse. So you, you can customize it, but we're going to do one right now. You're going to breathe in through your nose, breathe in, inhale. I cast my cares, exhale, because you care for me. I cast my cares on you, inhale. Exhale, because you care for me. And when you breathe out, breathe out through your lips, like you're blowing out candles. And then as you repeat that three times, then you just keep using that natural breathing rhythm and you name what worries you. And I'll say, oh, Josh, that's my son. Or I don't know what to do. You can put a request. You can also tell your feeling. You can say, inhale, exhale, I'm stressed. Okay, studies show, this is science confirms it, that when you name what stresses you, it lowers the cortisol. That's the stress hormone. It activates your rest and relaxation response. Remember that natural rest response that we have to activate. This is important because women often feel so ashamed. They're like, I'm praying. Why isn't God answering my prayers? We just feel so alone and, 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 and just like, you know, feeling like there's nothing wrong with our faith. No, when we pray, that's the first step, but then we have to take action. There's a study from UCLA that said they had participants look at videos and images of people who experienced negative emotions. So they saw people that were afraid. They look angry or scared or sad. And they hook their bodies up to biometrics. And they found that when uh, people, participants watched other people experiencing negative emotions, their body were stressed, their heart rate spiked, their blood pressure went up, their pupils became dilated, their bodies reacted in a stress response. Now, this is healthy and normal because if somebody around us is stressed out, we are going to want to help them. But when they watch the same videos again, same images. The only difference is they were asked to name the emotion that they were seeing. And guess what happened, Amnika? Mm. Their bodies started relaxing. Their blood pressure went back down. Their heart rate went back to resting rate. Their bodies went to the relaxing rest response. This is so important as women especially women of faith who love others and serve others, we are absorbing people's stress around the clock. So true. Our children, our spouse, our coworkers, the people we serve with in ministry, those emails, we have to hold it together. Okay. But guess what? Those negative stressful emotions that we absorb, they do not disappear. They stay in our system. So we have to release it. 
now this is what my therapist told me. I went to a therapist first time in my life. I was a missionary in my twenties. I was a Bible teacher. I trained people how to study the Bible. I even trained people how to train others <laughs> to study the Bible. And yet I finally went to a therapist. I did it kind of secretly Annika, because I didn't want anybody to know. I thought, okay, I'll just go and take care of this. And then nobody will ever know I'm having panic attacks. And, um, I asked the therapist, I didn't, I didn't even know why I was like starting to list all the things to kind of like, make sure he, he, he knew there's nothing wrong with me. I said, I read the Bible. I pray, blah, 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 blah. And he said, Bonnie, did you know that a soldier doesn't experience panic attacks or anxiety when he's on the battlefield? Oh, that's interesting. When a soldier is being strong and resourceful and helping others, he is not having any anxiety or panic attacks because he's focused on helping others. He's in that survival mode. He's, but it's only when, when does he experience anxiety and panic attacks? PTSD. It's when he comes yeah. home. Yes. When he comes home. Why? Because he's safe. So his body is able to express what he could not at the time he was being strong. That's really good. I want to repeat that for all the women listening. When you're having feelings of depression, anxiety, or even maybe as severe as panic attacks like me, or your body's is breaking out in hives, your fibromyalgia, you're getting those headaches. I don't know what it is that is your signal that something, something needs attention. It doesn't mean that you haven't been strong. It means you've been strong, girl. It means you have done a great job <laughs> of whatever it is that you've been walking through and carrying others through. Maybe it's not you. Okay. It's other people you love. You've had to be strong for them. Well, you were not made to carry that indefinitely. Your body's going to start letting you know it's time to take care of you. It's time for you to prioritize your wellness. So that freed me from shame. That freed me from shame. That was my big light bulb moment that changed the trajectory of my life, Annika. I said, okay, I can do this, God, because now I understand you're calling me to the work of rest. Okay, this is an adventure I've never been on before, because like I said, I'm at the very beginning, like I've never, ever had that permission. I, I didn't have that loving mom. Okay. And everyone has a different way of picking up this message. I don't know what it is. Was it, um, you know, a ministry situation that was toxic, or maybe you just never had the opportunity to think about yourself. Maybe you never needed to do it because you have you know, been able to be strong, but maybe you're hitting a season where like, that's just not working anymore. It doesn't mean you've done something wrong. It just means it's a new adventure because for me, that just seems so foreign. Like I'm on planet Mars. Like nobody's ever asked me, Oh, Bonnie, you look, you look stressed out. You look tired. Oh, honey, come here. You know, let's, let's, let's figure out what we can do to make you feel better. Like I never had that kind of voice in my life. So it was really hard and weird. Yeah. <laughs> New adventure. Jesus was calling me to like, Bonnie, it's more important how you feel and how you're doing than what you can do for somebody else right now. I want you to come away with me by yourself to a quiet place and rest a while. That's Jesus in Mark. That's what he said to his disciples. So I started reading scripture in a whole new way to say, okay, God, this is your new ambition for me. There's only three ambitions in the New Testament that God talks to us about. Only three, ambition, okay? First is the ambition to spread the gospel. Second is the ambition to please God. 
And the third ambition, the only ambition out of three is to live a quiet life, lead a restful life, make it your ambition to lead a restful life. That's in Thessalonians. And then that's when I got sparked up. I was like, okay, you've given me a new, a new destination, God, I'm going to go there. And so I just started prioritizing. And that's why we've got breathe 21 ways to 21 days to stress less and transform chaos to calm. And that is the adventure I'm putting in here. There's something in each chapter that's based on science, because the more we know how our bodies were designed to work, the more we can apply God's truth to experience his peace and rest. Second is a breath prayer. This will immediately, and I did this because I was having panic attacks. This is called purse lift breathing. There's 21 different ways I talk about, but I had to do it to activate immediately my body's rest response. This absolutely works because it's how we're physically wired to do it. And then third, in every chapter, I will uh, ask you some reflection questions based on your story, because every woman has a different stressor for different reasons. So it's not like a cookie cutter thing. And so this is, this is the rhythm, release your stress, refresh your soul. They're both actions. You want to stop the cortisol. Okay. But you have to refill it to activate your rest response. So this is where women often feel stuck. They say, well, I don't know. I don't know how to relax. It's so far, but that's how we activate. And I was telling you about left brain, right brain science. It's the right brain, the emotional part of ourselves that lowers anxiety. I said, you cannot think your way out of stress. You need to nurture your way out of stress. That's really good. That's a really good distinction. You can't think your way out of it. And I think that that part of our brain wants to go in overdrive of how do I fix this? How do I fix this? And we want to think through it. There's these, yes. there's, there is a rhythm that that is a, a moment in our, in our life where we just needed to sugar that rhythm. You said, release your stress, refresh your soul and breathe. And I know this is something yes. you talk about in your book. This is something you, you shared on social media the other day that I just, I love because we have to complete it, right? We can't just go release your stress, go, go do something to release your stress. I think, you know, that's kind of what everybody tells us to do what the world tells us to do. And it's like, okay, but replenish, refresh, reset. But then there's a third part, right? And it's that breathe, that pause. Yes. And I feel like sometimes we take each of those and we forget one of the others. It's to take a deep breath, you know, just go, go do something to, to release your stress. It's like, no, there is a rhythm. It's not a transaction. It's a way of being. And I think that's a very important Ooh, distinction for all of us and for, for everyone who's listening. And I, I love that you've touched on a couple of things in this conversation. You've talked about the importance of the signals that they're signaling that light is turning on for a reason. It's not just because <laughs> there is a, a gift that we have in our human bodies. Like we are wired to have those signals release. And when we see ourselves, that light goes on and we're on the side of the road, it's so important to figure out, okay, so now what you walked us through those, those rhythms. And I, I love, I love what you've shared today. Um, I want to talk real quick, a little bit about, um, you talk about these three lies that trigger anxiety and then the treat three truths to set you free. And I'd like to camp out there a little bit because I do think that that side of the brain that wants us to really think our way through things is constantly feeding us 
a lie, right? The lies or the, the focus on the negative, focus on the things that can go wrong, focus on the things someone told us as to why we can't do this, focus on those things that are not true. And so I, I want to unpack these three lies that you've kind of found and trigger anxiety, because I'm sure that everyone who's listening has experienced one of those. And then these three truths to set you free. Cause I think that's a very important exercise that I know I've done things like this before. If like, what am I telling myself? And then what is the actual truth? And there's something that happens when we have a truth to really scratch out and mark that lie and replace it. That is so healing. And so let's, let's talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, that is part of the soul care coaching that I do is that we want to be aware of the lies. So every time you're stressed, just pause and think about, wait, what is the myth or the lie or the message that I have received about myself or about God? Because that's one of the pause. That's one of the prompts. Because when we don't, we just kind of run with it. Our brain has been designed to automatically serve up what we usually think. So on my smartphone, because I go to church every Sunday or I drop my kids off school every morning, when I put on the map app, Google map or Apple maps, what happens is that it serves up the address. It says, oh, automatically, you want to go to Peninsula Bible Church? Oh, you want to go to whatever, whatever school? And then you just hit yes. And then it already have the map for you because it's trying to be efficient. It's learned that you go to the same place at the same time and it serves up the route for you. Our brain works the same way. It's called neuroplasty. I talk about in this book. We automatically will have stressful responses or negative thoughts, negative self-talk or worries served up for us automatically. If you have been thinking about a particular, uh, you know, you can't figure out what what job to choose or whether you should stop doing one thing or another, some kind of transition or whatever issue. If you have been thinking about that a lot, because like I said, we the myth is that if you think about it longer, you're going to get through it now, <laughs> but you actually, we're actually like, you know, making that bond, that stress response stronger because that's just the way the brain works. It's trying to be efficient. So we have to disrupt. We have to interrupt and say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to now do this other thing. So don't wait until you think differently. You need to do something to the opposite of what you're thinking. So you can remap your brain retrain your brain. And that's from Romans 12 too. why I named my book transform chaos to calm because Romans 12 two says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind where your mind has two parts. We just learned today. There's the left brain and the right brain. We need to be transformed by activating that right brain. We need to make new routes and destinations. You know, for 10 years, I was driving my kids to the same elementary school because, you know, one is like three and a half years younger. So out of both of them, you know, it's like 10 years I drove to the same school. But when my younger son, Kayla, went to middle school, um, we had to go to a new school. But for the first, you know, month or so, I kept driving. I would hop in the car. I would start driving to the wrong direction. And Kayla would say, mom, what are you doing? Where are you going? I'm like, oh my gosh, shoot. I went to the wrong place. I'd have to do a U-turn. And it was so stressful because you have to go through more morning traffic. It was so stressful, but I pointed my car in the right direction. So friends, it might seem more stressful, more anxious for you to disrupt what you've always done and rock the boat. Okay. And make changes. And it will, it will be stressful at the beginning, but you're turning your car in a different direction. 
you're moving in a direction. So initially there is going to be that feeling of anxiety. You're going to be like, you know what? Forget it. It sounded good while I was listening to the podcast, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but I want to tell you that it is worth it because you deserve it. You deserve God's love. You deserve God's peace. You are worth loving. You are worth taking care of. And so here are the three lies and the three truths to replace them with because these lies cause anxiety. It might not seem so in the moment because you just want to keep doing what you're doing and not rock the boat. But I'm telling you that they do cause anxiety, but you replace it with the truth and point your car or point your boat, <laughs> point your feet to a new destination. Okay. We're going to go through the valleys and get to that beautiful mountain top where we're going to see something new and beautiful. The first myth is that Jesus commanded us not to worry. So if you worry, you're failing God and you are sinning. That is a myth. That is a lie. Okay. When we worry, it is not a sin. Okay. Jesus tells us not to worry because he cares about us. In Matthew 6, 25, Jesus encourages us not to worry. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Look at the birds. Look at the flowers. Okay. That is not an indictment. Like that is not a command. Do not worry or else you're sinning. No, Jesus is being encouraging. He's encouraging us not to stay worried. He's encouraging us to respond to worry. That's good. Do you hear that? Okay. Jesus is not saying, if you sin, you're falling out of my goodness and shame on you. Stop worrying. No, it's, oh, look at the birds. Don't, don't worry. Don't stay worried. Respond by what? Taking an action. It's interesting. Jesus says, look at the flowers. Studies show that women who are not morning people, I'm raising my hands when they have morning blahs. If they put flowers in their kitchen, studies show that women, when they see flowers first thing in the morning, their cortisol levels are lower and serotonin gets released. That's that mood booster. Flowers are God's natural mood booster. Everybody go run to Trader Joe's, so, get yourself some flowers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't just get them for your friends. You need to get them for yourself. Why? It's not just about self-care. They are reminders that God loves you. God created these flowers to only last a few days. Many women say, oh, but you know, they only last a few days. It's like kind of like a waste of money, you know, like it's not worth it. No, Jesus says, I made them just to last a few days so that you are reminded, even if it's a few days, you get to enjoy that beauty. You are worth it. And that is a principle of soul care. Actually, we were just talking, Amnica, before our podcast that, you know, you took this wonderful trip to come out to Carmel in California only for three days. And I said, that is so worth it. Maybe some for you, you know, that's what lights you up, creating that memory, enjoying that sunshine and being together. And maybe to other people be like, oh, well, what's two days? What? It's not worth it. No. Anything that is beautiful to you Chances are, when I ask you what those things are, they're not going to be lasting a long time. They're just for a moment. And yet those are the soul care practices. Think about it. All those moments that you treasure with your spouse or with your children or with your best friend or, or it's just a happy moment if you're by yourself. What are those moments like? They're always a moment. 
Okay. So we don't want to do things that are just focused on our list of some outcome, some result, because that is not what's going to fill you up. Okay. The second lie is that if you don't have peace or joy, you must not be trusting God enough. Oh, you're, you're not feeling peaceful. You don't have joy. Oh, you're not trusting God enough. That is a lie. That is a lie. The truth is that emotional honesty is a part of faith. Okay. Being emotionally honest is trusting God with your real self instead of hiding how you feel or trying to do more. I'm going to say that again. Trusting God means you will show him your real self instead of hiding how you feel and trying to do more. Jesus says, don't hide. And we talked about this already in 11, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, those who are weary and anxious and you will find rest. The corollary of the contrast is true. When we don't come to Jesus, when we're weary and anxious because we hide our feelings or we just focus on getting busy, we do not experience rest. The third lie is if you read God's word more, praise God more, pray more, give thanks more, you will have peace. Okay. This is a lie because faith is not emotional amnesia. Mm. Faith doesn't work like an eraser. Okay. Jesus himself, and right now as we're recording this, it's Good Friday. Jesus himself obeyed God perfectly, prayed perfectly, praised God perfectly, gave thanks perfectly. And yet on the night he knew he would be emotionally in, in anguish when he would suffer betrayal, rejection, he would be lonely, he'll be hurting his body. Okay, all four areas of wellness, it's going to be breaking him. Okay, when he's overwhelmed by emotional abuse, he was going to experience physical abuse. He said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Mm. And it was in that moment of his human feelings, Jesus said to his heavenly father, you know, is there another way? Like, I don't, I, I want to choose another way. Please pass this cup from me. I, I, I can, it, can you pass this cup from me? But Jesus, of course, was sinless. He chose to drink that cup. So this is an example that you matter to God. How you feel matters to God. And even Jesus needed friends. And that moment, that night, you know, we know that Jesus, as a practice, prayed alone. He would, you know, withdraw into the wilderness and pray. But on this moment, this night, he is going to be in anguish, okay? He's going to be crushed by his, that the impending pain. He needed three friends. He brought three friends. And so that's a really good rule. In Ecclesiastes, it says that a cord of three strands cannot be broken. Okay. This is a really good way to kind of breathe in and remind every woman, we all need someone. We cannot do it alone. So we need to replace a lie that, you know, if we, you know, able to do certain things correctly, I don't know what those things are that you've been told or you absorb, if I do X, Y, or Z, then I will have peace. And um, God says, no, need of being human, part of being human is that we do go through suffering and we need each other. We need each other. We need God to comfort us. Scripture says, comfort others with the comfort you first received yourselves. 
we focus on comforting others, but we, we, we forget there's another part of the verse that's very important with the comfort we first receive ourselves. So the priority is you, dear listener. The priority is you. You are worth loving. You are worth taking care of. You need that comfort. And we see that with Jesus. And he, he needed that comfort from friends. He allowed people to hear him cry out. He allowed his disciples to see him falling face down into the ground. Any woman that has experienced depression and anxiety and panic attacks, we have those moments. We are crying. We, we just don't know what to do. And Jesus comes to us in those moments. And we need a friend. We need a friend who can cry with us, who can stay with us. Jesus said this. He said, stay with me. Those were his words. And so, friend, I just want you to know that God is with you. And it is my joy, my desire, why I wrote this book. I hope to be with you walking with you through these areas of wellness and to share with you what has helped me to heal. These are practical rhythms, practical tips that I practice along with my family, because as I do it, we are the leaders. For those of you who are moms, we are the heartbeat. We are the emotional heartbeat. We set the atmosphere. We set the temperature, you know, like a thermostat, we get to decide our husband wants it on 68. We set it at 70. (laughs) (laughs) We want that warmth. Okay. We set the emotional temperature in our family. So in order to set that emotional temperature, you need to receive it. You need to have that within your own heart. You're not called to just squeeze yourself out dry and drained and worry. Especially as you talked about earlier in this conversation, that, that, that energy, that emotion is triggering that in other people. And so really being aware of our internal workings, our internal lights that are going off, um, that taking care of us. And the point that you just made is I think a really important one, which is not that, not just that you matter to God, but that your feelings matter to God and inviting people into those feelings with you, I think is such a very important piece. I know my husband and I have talked a lot about that. Um, the episode that came out the week that we're recording this, and we talk a lot about this too, is just this inviting those people close to us, especially if you're married, inviting your spouse into those places where, um, where you're feeling things, where you're feeling things and you're experiencing things. And God has given you those people in your life to go along this journey with you along with himself. And I think that's such a beautiful, beautiful part of this conversation. Um, I want to ask one more question as it relates to what you just shared, because you kind of shared this idea that we're this leader in our house, right? We are shepherding our children in a world that is the world we're living in today with boys, just like I have, I know everyone who's listening, I have girls, I have boys, um, but you're, you're parenting through a teenage years. That's a whole nother level. We're not quite there yet, but how, how do you teach your kids or impart kind of what you've worked through and what you've learned into their lives? Cause I really appreciate this question. You know, if you ever want me back to just talk about like the top parenting tips, yes, come on back, lowering stress. <laughs> Yeah, no, because this is so important. So important. That's why I really want every woman to pick up this book. It's just going to be a guidebook for you. I'm so confident to invite you to do that because I'm not trying to sell a book. I'm trying to tell you that this will be one of, you know, different books that can help you because I've lived this in my real life. My kids attend a school in a school district called Santa Clara County. It's the first that the CDC issued a, a study on why there are such high rates of suicide 
among high schoolers. Wow. So I'm trying to tell you the reason why I have this confidence is not because, you know, oh, I'm so great. Bonnie Gray is so great. No, it's because these are practices that have been lived in the laboratory of life. And my children are flourishing, not because they're perfect, but because we have used these rhythms. And the number one, I want to say for this, for this podcast. So I leave you with the number one, most powerful tip yes, bring it on. that will guide you. Yes. Is experiences. Okay. Tell us how more. do you equip your children? Yes. How do you equip your children to withstand stress and anxiety and depression? How you're going to give them that shield. You're going to build that fortress. It's not just about telling them the truth. Okay. This is also from 15 years of youth ministry. I got married later in life. I had my kids in my thirties, uh, later thirties. So I was in youth ministry to at-risk youth in urban cities. This was my prior life before being a mom. And I'm telling you from that experience as well, both experience as a mom and from youth ministry, it's experiences. This is the number one thing we prioritize in ministering to youth that are in trouble. We take them out for experiences. They're not going to talk about what stresses them out. Okay. If, if, a, if a child's experiencing depression or anxiety, they're not going to want to talk about it. Think about yourself when you're in that stress mode, you don't want to talk about it. Okay. You're just stressed. You're just like, ah, I'm drowning. They may not seem like they're drowning. Okay. But whether it's their grouchiness, uh, they're lethargic, um, they're unmotivated, they're angry. I don't know what those symptoms are. Okay. Anger and depression are actually two sides of the same coin. Some people more express their um, stress and anxiety through being angry or grouchy or irritated. The other way is sadness, withdrawing, shutting down. Okay. So it depends on the personality of your child, but in order to release that stress, you have to take them on an experience. So the more you can help them experience peace and joy. So you don't say to them, stop having a bad attitude, you know, uh, stop being grouchy. No, remember, we just learned that's not how the brain works. You cannot stop it. You have to activate it by giving them an experience. So this is all about youth ministry. So actually the teenage spot is my sweet spot because of my experience and background. When my kid comes home and he's grouchy and he's stressed out, it's called a comfort circle. I say, oh boy, uh, it seems like you've had a tough day. And he might even come back with, you know, a negative response like, what? You know, just like, <laughs> or, you know, whatever, just really grumpy. Okay. And then I just, I, I just, I do not even like respond to that. I said, hey, you know what? Just relax. You're back home right now. And, um, you know, if you're working, you can prepare a snack for them and have it there. Put a note on there. Uh, for me, you know, I'm a stay at home mom. So I'll just be like, okay, you know, just relax, go ahead and wash your hands. And, um, you know, there's some cookies here and, you know, I do things that provide him an experience. And if it's really stressful, like say that week has a lot of tests and he did really, you know, really stressed for it and really felt like he's struggling. I make sure this is a rhythm every weekend, every weekend we do something that sparks somebody's joy. I started this when I started having panic attacks and my kids were just toddlers. So I did it for myself first. I had a whiteboard and I said, okay, everybody just like throw out, what would you like to do that makes you happy? You know, cause they're little kids, right? What do you want to do? And they're like, oh, I want ice cream or whatever it is. So each of us, including my husband will throw it on the whiteboard and the whiteboard is just full of words, right? It's like, um, you know, mini golf or going to the, you know, safari run. It's an indoor climbing gym, you know, whatever it is, but you and you have to participate too. You as mom need to throw it on there and the husband needs to throw it on there. And then I said, okay, 
for this month, everybody choose one and we have family four. So it works for us to choose one. I said, just choose one. And then you circle your favorite. And then we just put it in the calendar, Annika. Okay. And you can put it on Saturday or Sunday or afternoon or morning. You figure it out, but it has to be there. That's the priority for the weekend. So I know no matter what happened during the week, no matter how stressful it is on the weekend, we're going to do something. And then we just take turns. Okay. It's mom's turn. This week, it's dad's turn. It's Josh's turn. It's Caleb's turn. And it became a rhythm for our family. So you have that at the end of the week, there's something to look forward to. And this is scientifically proven. Whenever you have something you look forward to, your brain releases serotonin. And again, remember when you activate that serotonin, it naturally lowers the cortisol. Which chemical are you having your brain release? Okay. That's the question. And Oh, there's just so much to do to share, but there's, there's like a way to like track your day and see how, where, what zone are you in usually? So, but anyways, the point is at the end of the week, everyone has something to look forward to and come together. So when you do this, it's basically keeping your account straight. You know, when you have an account, you know what you're taking out, right? Your expenses, you need to make sure you have you have input, you have income, right? So you have emotional income, you have emotional income. So even when you have those little tussles or little conflicts, if you keep your account positive above the board and you will always be able to come out with refreshment, okay? And so when you have that account, you have that abundance, then you can withdraw from that account and your kids will be able to be more resilient. So whatever's being extracted, you need to give an experience, you need to give it an experience so that it refills them. And I work in my soul care coaching. Um, this one mom even just said to me um, a couple of weeks ago, we'd been working. I told them it takes 21 days. That's why the book is 21 days. It takes 21 days for your brain actually to reset the levels of cortisol because it's used to being over flooded, right? It's 21 days to each in, even just ease and lower the cortisol. And then after 21 days is that is when your brain starts kicking in to map the new rhythms. So don't be weary. Don't feel like, oh gosh, it's not working. Just keep, keep planting those seeds. When your child is just not responding, just keep planting those seeds because it's going to surprise you. And that's what the mom said to me last week. She's like, oh, Bonnie, he actually came into the kitchen. And I was like, why is he here? And he's like, oh, so what, you know, what, what are we having for dinner? What's going on? And she was so happy because there was just so much conflict in their relationship. And then she's like, he actually hugged me. He, it was a side hug. Yeah. You know? he, yeah he put his <laughs> arm around her shoulder. Well, exactly. Every weekend they just did something that was just like, you know, joyful and they won't even look like they're enjoying it. It doesn't matter. You don't have to say like, Hey, you know, like, come on, get with it. Or like, why are you unhappy? No, don't even comment Thank about Thank you for it. that reminder. Just... <laughs> yeah. Thank you for you that just reminder. Go. You just, you just go. go. You, exactly. Yes. You just go. And then afterwards, guess what? it literally is going to happen. They're going to feel better. So maybe their emotions not going to catch up. They are feeling good, but they, they may not say it to you yet, but over time, again, just replenishing, replenishing. And if it's a very severe situation where they have been, you know, down in the dumps or some anxiety is happening, don't be weary. Scripture says, don't be weary in doing good because in due time, you're going to reap a harvest. You're just going to keep replenishing. You know, if, if some flowers or say you're into succulents, plants, you know, it takes time with the rocky soil. You have to like keep pouring water. Don't give up the, as you learn more about brain chemistry and about how your body works, you're going to know you just keep doing, you're going to keep breathing in air, keep breathing in oxygen. Your child will be able to recover and flourish. 
it's, it's just, it's going to happen. So I know it's hard, um, anxiety and depression, but we can build that fortress. You have to do three experiences. Studies show that when you do something new, that's novel, that lights up dopamine. Dopamine is the chemical that helps you to feel motivated. So if you're not feeling motivated, if you kick yourself in the pants, if you just become harder on your child and tell them all the reasons that they should get with it, that is going to deplete dopamine. That is not going to work. That's so good. That is not going to work. If somebody's demotivated, you got to do something to help boost your mood. It might not even seem related to school. It doesn't matter. You want to breathe life into that soul. It's like CPR, CPR. And then when they are feeling better with that soul care CPR, they will naturally be able to have that energy and interest. And so for sure, we can go into more, but like social media, that is like the worst thing for a teen. Because all studies show there's every time without fail, if you go on social media, you're going to be experiencing depression, feelings, depressive feelings, and you're going to have anxiety. This is proven. People's blood pressure goes up, their heart rate spokes up because naturally your brain is going to compare. That is how the brain learns. You learn by compare and contrast. So when you look at something else, you're naturally going to compare and you're never going to win out. Trust me, in social media, this is a profession. This is a profession. I used to work in Silicon Valley before I was a mom as a professional in tech. This is what you do. You, you curate all the photos, you curate all the messages and you schedule them. This is maximized to get people to want your product, need your product, want to be like, want you to want to be like, you know, whoever is there showing. And that, that is true for influencers. So this is exactly what's going to happen. You're going to feel less than not good enough. So then you're going to follow that person. You're going to want to buy their product. And then teens don't even understand this. They just look at it and then they're just not going to feel good. Okay. So I'm curious, what's like a healthy social media habit that you like, do you have a, a rhythm that you've created to help you not get stuck in compare and contrast? Well, because, and I always like to preface this because every woman is different. Every woman's challenge is different. I know mine. Okay. I am sensitive to anxiety because, you know, I have healed, meaning when I say I've healed, it means previously when I was stuck in, you know, that traumatic cycle, I will feel bad. I have anxiety without having done anything. Like I'll just suddenly have a panic attack mm -hmm. or, you know, have anxiety. It's because I had to do that work of working with a therapist to process my childhood trauma. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I use these rhythms so that I can ease my body and help my body feel better so that I can do the work of therapy, if that makes sense. But you know, you don't have to be in trauma in order to do these rhythms because they'll help you to 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 lower stress and help your body feel better. So because I am sensitive to anxiety and and you know, stress, and I know how social media works, I only go on social media to talk to the people that already are part of my ministry. So my mindset is I am not on social media to get anybody to like me. And my mindset is not on social media so that people will follow me. I am thinking of the people that are already part of my newsletter that listen to my breathe podcast. These are the people that already know me. And so I'm just sharing with them information or encouragement that I know will lift up their day. So it's very important. That's what I do. Anxiety happens when you feel you have to prove yourself. You have to do something or you're not going to belong or somebody you're not going to be accepted. That's every person's fear. It doesn't matter who you are. Everyone is going to hurt from this. And Jesus himself, we talked about, he knows it's going to be painful when you're betrayed. 
Is that because he's a son of God? Then, oh, it doesn't matter. I already know I'm the son of God. No, this is part of our heart, our emotions. This is what makes us like God. He has feelings. He has emotions. He does love. And when you love, you're going to want to be loved back. So I, my mindset is I am sharing because I am speaking to people who already know me. Now in that process, you be yourself. And then, so, you know, it turns out as a side effect, there are people that are encouraged by what I share. The second thing I do is that for me, I focus on my podcast. I focus on my newsletter. These things do not stress me out. I love chatting, as you can tell, and I love writing. It's very natural for me. So I do not base, my home base for my ministry is not social media. So I will never post after five. That is my boundary. And I only post after I've done the thing that lights me up. I like to write. So I write my newsletter to cheer people on. It's like, you know, I'm like their friend, right? Because as a child, books, they were my first friends. So when I read something, it's like, I do feel close. So I speak there. And then second, I do my podcast. So anything that has to do with those things, I prioritize that. And that's a great way to kind of land on um, our time together. This is a two thing rhythm. This is a tool I use and I want, you know, everybody to use it. If you want, it's in your tool bag, two thing rule. Okay. And I, I practiced this when I was having panic attacks and I continued it because it really works. Every day I have a two thing list. So rather than having a checklist to see how far you get down the list, I have two thing list. I mean, obviously I still have a checklist, but I have a two thing list, two things. One, something I have to do that's very important for my ministry. And it could be for your work or as a stay at home mom, whatever it is, that's like a logistical left brain thing. Like you must do this today. (laughs) It's very important. But the second thing I have on my list is soul care. This is the one thing today I'm going to do for myself that gives me joy or peace or comfort. And I make sure that those two things, they must be done that day. And anything else is going to come after that. So at the end of the day, no matter how things go, because, you know, there's no day that's perfect, right? We know this. But at the end of the day, if you know you can do the one most important thing, you know, work-wise, that's important for you. And you can do one thing that is good for your spirit, your soul, your body, or your emotions. You can go to sleep with peace that night. You can say, you know what? I had a good day because I took care of what needed to be taken care of. And second, I took care of myself. I took care of myself. Praise God. I can do these two things. And that is grace. You give yourself grace. You can say, okay, Jesus said, I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I took care of today what was needed. So that is my two thing list. And I tell my kids that too, no matter what terrible things happen, I'm like, look, at the end of the day, kids, you did this thing. You finished your homework or you studied for your test. And no matter what grade you got, you did what you needed to do. And I am proud of you. Second thing, Hey, we're having cookies tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Who wants Toll House? Who wants Toll House? Or wait, you want to break open a bag of chips? And again, you know, obviously everybody has different, you know, food requirements. I know you care about food, but it's okay. We we do, we do the bag of chips at the end of the week. I like chips and cookies too. Yeah. So we have, you know, but I'll say, you know, what is it that you want? Uh, You know, that, that would be fun tonight for you. And for my husband, this is very important. Holding hands is very important. Studies show that when you have skin to skin touch, it releases oxytocin. So at the end of the night, after kids are in bed, and this is just my practice, I cut up a uh, fruit bowl 
and it could just be apples because I didn't go to Costco yet. So maybe we just had apples, but I cut it up and using your hands, you know, that's the last tip. When you use, do things with your hands, that turns off the thinking mode. Anything you do with your hands, playing an instrument, gardening, baking, uh, knitting, I don't know. Those are the first things that fall off your plate when you're stressed, but that is the thing that activates your right brain. So I cut up some fruit and then we sit on the sofa and I sit next to him and we just talk about our day. We say, hey, so- Ooh, what do you think? What do you think about your day? You just literally say that. And then we just hold hands. We just hold hands after we finish our, finish our bowl. And everybody has a different thing. You, you find your own thing, Oh, this but is so something cute. that you love end it. the day with some skin on skin. Yep. That's really, really important. Gosh, you've given us so many good tips. I'm just thinking I might already right now, I can think of just five things top of mind. These ideas of rhythms, these ideas of, of signals, these lies and, and truth that were so encouraging, this insight into things we've always told ourselves, and we want to know why it doesn't actually do something good for us because we've misunderstood some of that. This These rhythms um, in our kids' lives, I think that is a very practical thing. I just want to run back once I get back home tonight and and really think about because I, I talk about those things, but it's different when you just say, you know what, we're going to plan something special this weekend because the kids are having a hard week versus building yes. the rhythm of things to look forward to. And whether that's in, in my yes. marriage or in my kid's life, I think has been really good. And then this, this practical thing that you've ended with this top two list thing of every day. I think that's a very realistic, practical thing that everyone yeah. who's listening can walk away with today is that that one thing that you got to get done today. And then something that you're doing to truly take care of your soul. So thank you for all of this insight and wisdom that you shared today. Tell us where we can find you. And I'll be sure to share all this in the show notes as well, but would love for you just to share uh, where we can find you. I want to have everybody get a copy of this book and get a copy for your friend, read it together. It's so fun. It really is going to be so fun. I'm starting one in my oh, home. Um, I always have some women in my home and you just need three. You don't need a whole bunch. <laughs> um, but obviously if you get eight, that's great too. But I would say no more than eight because you want everybody a chance to share. And it's just so fun. It's just prepared for you. I love cooking um, for friends. So it's like, I'm, I'm preparing the whole table. And you can decide, you can pick and choose what you like, but it's so fun to be able to do these practices and come together at the end of the week and say like, okay, hey, what was it like for you to buy some flowers? Which ones did you get? You know, just even, you know, doing it together is what makes it fun and easy. And then it'll be very natural to talk about and share your stories, like what's going on in your life. So I uh, just invite you to buy a copy, pick up one for your friend, or just, you know, tell a friend about it, you know, grab your friend and let's do this together. Go to soulcarequiz.com. Take that quiz, soulcarequiz.com. If you go through soulcarequiz.com, you'll be able to then get all my information. I'm on social media at the Bonnie Gray, and you can get all the information about the book, but take that soul care quiz and then have some fun talking about it. And uh, I already had some people comment. They're like, no, I don't agree with this. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah, it just gets the conversation going, you know, but I love a quiz. Oh. Uh, the, the quiz goes through those 21 stressors, but um, it's just a fun way for you to start talking and thinking and just giving yourself permission to be like, you know what, Th this is important. I, I think it'll be fun. Yeah, I'll learn something about science and how my body works. I'll also see how God gives us permission and it'll be fun to just talk about it. And I love that you're excited, Amnika, about, you know, starting these rhythms because I don't call it the joy list with my kids. That's to them, you know, it's too cringy <laughs> to put it in their language. Yeah. But I just call it, these are our uh, family adventures for sure. Okay. What's our family adventure this weekend? 
you know, and plus they're boys, right? So they're, and thanks, Amnika, you've just been such a, um, just a kind listener, allowing me to just talk about the stuff that I'm just crazy passionate about and just being kind to give me that space to share today. I, I'm just so grateful and thankful for that. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Bonnie, truly packed with so many insights and takeaways. In case you missed any of them, here they are. Number one, you're not alone. Number two, how will you nurture your soul this week? Number three, God doesn't call us towards nothingness. If you're taking something away this week, remember to replace it with something that will replenish and restore. Not just removing, but restoring. Number four, go get you some flowers this week. Number five, think about what healthy rhythms you will put in place to restore your emotional well-being and take care of your soul and self this week. And lastly, breathe. Thanks for tuning into this week's conversation. If you've not already, I want you to subscribe to the podcast because I don't want you to miss out on any of the incredible conversations still to come. Share this conversation with a friend. And if you'd be so kind to take a few quick seconds on Apple Podcasts to scroll down on the show, leave some stars or take a few quick minutes to write a review would mean all the world. Thanks so much. And until next time.